have to forgive me tonight. I'm, I'm not that comfortable being out here, not with Seth Rollins smashing people with a steel chair all night long. Then again, I, I am not a physical threat to Seth Rollins. Let me, let me make one thing very perfectly clear to Seth Rollins and everyone else. I am not going to be the special guest referee this Sunday at Stomping Grounds. I don't want to be the special guest referee this Sunday at Stomping Grounds. If Baron Corbin offered me the position of being the special guest referee this Sunday at Stomping Grounds, I would respectfully decline. Yeah, who would think I that? mean, you've got to be some, some kind of dumbass to accept the job of being a special guest referee, because the moment you accept it, you're gonna be on the other end of a beating from Seth Rollins with a steel chair. Now, let's be very clear about this. My client, Brock Lesnar, just may be here tonight, too. Then again, Maybe not. Guess who doesn't know? The soon-to-be former reigning, defending, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast, and it's called Top Marks. Another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio! Justin, I find it a little bit hard to focus on the professional wrestling when staring out your window. What are we looking at? Uh, we are looking at just the beautiful uh, ocean water. Science World is brightly shining in the afternoon sun. And it's, there's just a bunch of yachts out yeah. there. These yachts, or as you called them, crime yachts, yes. are... Well, every yacht is technically a crime yacht, yeah. I think. There's, yeah. no, there's no yacht... No. It's not been paid for by crimes. Correct. And it's not used to do crimes. Well, you definitely had to at least treat your employees poorly and underpay them. I mean, at a minimum. So mm. I'm here I'm here trying to do our, our meager podcast, but one I love so much. And here I am staring at this opulence, this wealth, this yeah. this what it could be. Oh, like, look, we appreciate our Patreon donors. Yeah. No doubt about that. But we're going to need about $400 million. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to need more donors. <laughs> yeah. Than never mind dollars. Yeah. To well, be able to get a boat like that. Are you I guess kidding in, me? I guess in theory, we don't really need more donors. We need one extremely wealthy donor. Like, we need Bill Gates to become a listener of Top We Mark. need Tony Khan to yes! hop on the Patreon. He's a wrestling fan. Yeah. Do you think Tony Khan would like this show? I think Tony Khan would enjoy this show. Yeah. I Although... I think Tony Khan should buy us a yacht. But, well, that part I agree with. What crimes should we do on our yacht? Oh, that's a great question. I mean... What, what, I mean, the nice thing about a crime yacht is, as we all know, as soon as you're on the water... The police have no jurisdiction. It's uncharted territory. Absolutely. So no, the cops are not allowed to have boats. Everyone no, knows that. Everybody knows that. So what you're asking me to float is <laughs> like a purge situation. If I could do anything, yeah. what, what am I doing? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got a boss from a couple years ago. I'm not going to say his name, but it is Mike. And I think uh, not, of course, your roommate, Mike, but a yeah. different Mike. I would love to cut his feet off and throw him into the ocean. Okay, but just his feet. Yeah, because the whole irony for me is he's drowning to death as he can't swim because he has no feet anymore. Oh, okay, so you'd throw him into the ocean after, too. That's exactly right. I was going to say, if you just cut off the guy's feet, he's going to be able to tell people that you did that. Well, how's he going to get back to shore, j <laughs> yeah. He now lives on the boat yeah. footless with me. <laughs> footless Mike, we call him. He's chained up uh, down below deck. Yeah, that's well. We, we unchain him to swap the poop deck, of which course. I assume is a thing on a yacht. Well, well, well if, he can't, if he's got no feet, he's not walking to the toilet, I'll tell you that <laughs> we'll much. We'll get him a chair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no poop deck here. Jamie, what about you? What are you doing on a crime yacht? Oh. Somewhere where, as we all know, the police have no jurisdiction. You know, I think I would be so uh, relaxed and enveloped in a life of luxury that I would commit the crime of no longer recording this podcast. Wow! Throw them in jail, folks, because the good friends are here forever. I will not let us... Oh, they're coming for you, madman, because that is one crime that counts on water. <laughs> Wait a second. Yep. Can you do the siren sound one more time? People love this siren sound. Yep. Like, <laughs> that is a wolf, Papa. That is a pack of baby wolves yeah. come to get me. Well, who do you think's driving? <laughs> Police boat. <laughs> just a bunch of little wolves. Yeah, because the police themselves have no jurisdiction on open water. I keep. I how true. hard is this? Stuff? It's true, and they're not allowed to have boats, but they put all the wolves in a boat. Yeah, I'm with yeah, it. Every, it all makes sense. <laughs> if anything makes sense in this world, it's that. Jamo, so much in the wrestling world going on this week. Oh my goodness. Ah, uh, well, we are on the other side of. A largely pretty good week for WWE. Yeah, I mean, I would say a strong maybe four days as the G1 block is announced on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And then two good days, of, in my opinion, of Monday uh, Night Raw. I suppose I didn't see SmackDown. And neither did I. But I heard, we both heard that Raw was better than it, which almost never happened. <laughs> yeah. That's... Look, let's be honest. We are recording earlier this week than we usually do. Yeah. Because you got to uh, hustle out of town oh my God. for business because you're wanted for cutting off that guy's feet. <laughs> Footless Mike. Yeah. That's just his nickname. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, so you got to get out of town for the heat to die down a little bit. Yeah, that's literally and figuratively. But, but the heat's only going up, up, up because it's summertime, baby. Well, uh, but yeah, so we are we are recording on a, a Wednesday morning, often the time that I am watching SmackDown. Yeah, this is when I watch SmackDown as well. Uh, so we are we are SmackDownless as we head into stomping grounds. And I have not watched 205 Live yet, but I will stay true to the people. And continue to watch two your favorite live. show. Yeah, two o five. My new fave. Uh, Jay Moore, you we'll get into the two o fave live. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Two o fave lave is what I call it. Now. What? I don't get it. What's lave? I don't know. Well, okay. just, just keeping the rhyme scheme alive. Let's moving on. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> keeping the rhyme scheme alive. Hey, well, uh, Jay Moore, are you? Are, we'll, we'll do the full breakdown later on in the show, and I do want to talk about the G one. But but where are you with stomping grounds? Because we sort of floated the idea of of going yeah. to it because it's in Tacoma, about a three and a half hour drive here from Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately decided not to. So where are you with stomping grounds? Well, I kind of, you know, I don't know. The, the initial matches that were announced, which were largely rematches from Saudi Arabia, yeah. didn't really uh, whet my appetite necessarily. Those being Kofi Dolph and Rollins Corbin. Yes. Yeah. But I will say the way that the card has come together, the lower end of the card mm -hmm. uh, over the last week or so, uh, has like got me pretty fired up for it. I think it's going to be a, a stealthily good show. I'm really looking forward to Stamping Grounds. Yeah. Well, what'd you just say there? Stamping Grounds. What do you mean stamping grounds? Stomping grounds. No, it's stamping grounds. What, you think they're like doing stamps? Yeah. Uh, no, look. This oh, is yeah, a common I, misconception. Oh. <laughs> Everyone says... 
curb stomp. Yes, but it it's actually curb stamp. I don't think that's right. No, what, it's true. What makes you think that? It's like chomping at the bit, right? That's not a thing. It's ch- it's oh. champing <laughs> at the bit. Everyone says chomping. It's champing. I'm dying at the bit. Everyone <laughs> says st- it's stamping. Stamping ground. Well, so you're going to call it stamping ground. I'm not calling it that. That's what it's called. Well, what do you have to say about the marketing that has the O? <laughs> well, it's just a common misconception that they've <laughs> called it this. These cowards. Yeah, are everyone always gets it wrong. Yeah. And everyone thinks that they are getting it right. And if you correct them, that you're wrong. Yeah, well. But frankly... I'm right. You're not, though. I am. It's stamping grounds. Well, this is a, a hill to die on, and uh, I'm chomping at the bit to move on. So uh, <laughs> let's... Uh, Sorry, did you say chomping at the bit? Well, I, but why did... What do you think made it... Was it just the repeat? Is that why we're not in Tacoma right now? Uh, the Well, partly... Look, this happens every single time they go over, and whether it's Saudi Arabia or Australia, whatever, do yeah. one of these shows, they get stuck in this like purgatory, no man's land, dead zone of booking, yep. doing all this stuff for these shows that we know don't matter. And they, they, WWE is training their audience that these shows do not matter. There is a Pavlovian response Correct. to, we are going overseas for a big stadium show outside of North America. This nothing that happens here is going to hold any weight whatsoever. They've done four no. of these now, three in Saudi Arabia, one in Australia. I think they've done one title change, and it was the fucking cruiserweight belt. Like, there's literally nothing that happens of any substance on these shows unless you want to count, like, Shane McMahon pinning Roman Reigns. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that happened. Yeah, that's kind of weird to think about. Show. That probably is, isn't it? Well, like, Goldberg and Taker had no meaning or impact on anything. It was an awful match, and as soon as it was over, it was gone forever. Yeah, do you notice, like, the broadcast even, like, made no mention of it anywhere? Like, there's just no fallout. This match just exists in a vacuum, and ugh, I don't know, man. So, so they get stuck kind of having to rebook these matches because yeah. they have to turn around and do a normal pay-per-view, like, two weeks later. You're going to do a build for a proper match out of nothing? Like, look, the only reason that Dolph Ziggler got that Kofi match is because any proper competitor for Kofi Kingston refused to go to Saudi Arabia. Well, and specifically, I think it was Kevin Owens. Absolutely. It was supposed to be Owens, and he said, no moss, not if my uh, good brother Sami Zayn can't go, then I'm not going, which is something I just admire a great deal in in our pal Kevin Owens. But you can't turn around and then put Kevin Owens back into it on two weeks' notice. Yeah, especially since they haven't been working the match. I'm sure Rollins has been working with Dolph. and, And listen, I joke about how often those two have wrestled one another but obviously they can do a match in their sleep at this point so it's it's very you can understand why or i guess it's kofi Dolph, so they haven't wrestled a million times i got that mixed up they kind of have they, yeah that, that probably, the course of the decade yeah they, they go back to they, 2007 yeah, it's all they're doing they do know each other very very well but um yeah like that this is that's the problem right and so then they rebook these matches that we've already seen and no don't matter yeah like is baron corbin gonna beat seth rollins i guess he could it, it only feels that way just because – I don't think it can because it has to be Brock – Rollins can't drop that until Brock cashes in, right? Uh, yes. I think so. Or at least while it happens. like It could be like sort of a triple threat situation. But like, like okay, if Corbin were to win on Sunday with help from this special referee – Yeah, who, we, who are you assuming it is? I, I figure it's probably Brock. Yeah, I feel like it's Lesnar too. Who else hasn't been you know sort of trotted forward as maybe? Yeah. And – yeah, I don't know. Outside of Brock, it could maybe be like Triple H. 
That's interesting. But nobody really wants to see that. No. And then that reintroduces an old feud when, like, look, the clear thrust of this entire summer of WWE programming is Seth versus Brock. Yeah. So you're going to introduce someone who's not one of those guys as a new feud for Seth? That's what I mean. I'll be honest. I wouldn't hate to see a Corbin win besides all those other parameters. Like, besides the Brock and Roll and stuff, like, that needs to be paid off. But mm. And, again, I'm not, I'm not saying Brock, Baron Corbin is world championship caliber. But if Corbin were to win... You're getting an instant cash-in, yep. and you're getting a cash-in on Corbin. Yeah. None of that satisfies any lingering storylines. No, it's it would just be so WWE wanting to prolong it, right? It's like, oh, Seth wasn't pinned for it, so he gets a rematch at Brock. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just I'm just not feeling the sizzle off of that stake right now. there's no pop culture moment out of that either. Well, there certainly is not. <laughs> there's there's this, come back to that. There's no pop culture moment there or really anywhere and, to but be look, found. I also think that's the reason that Brock was not on Raw this week. Why is that? To keep oh the, to to keep him out of your mind out of sight out of mind yeah, kind of thing. As, yeah as someone who this could be because literally every time they showed someone backstage it was like oh that suddenly this is our new choice for referee yep. did you think Raw was stronger this week than than weeks prior um yeah but I think it got blown out of proportion a little bit too you think people were just like so ready for something okay yeah that, that it's been such shit I that- think I think it was a good show. But I also think, like, everyone being like, wow, Raw was good this week. Yeah. Got my hopes up that it would be great. Right. And it was just good. Yeah. It, I guess it depends sort of what you're expecting out of Raw, right? Like, I, I guess, at a, to me, a solid Raw is, like, one where I just don't feel like fast-forwarding anything besides commercials, yeah. right? And they told good stories yeah. throughout the show. Everything had a clear direction. You can tell where... Things are headed, and you expect payoffs on a number of different fronts. Yeah, I thought Shane was weirdly good this week, and the 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 office he's in, and the, I just you're so right about wanting it to be like I want it to be a in stone faction, you know. But here's something that that I have complained about in the past that did come through to this. I think I know exactly. Can I guess? Sure. Is it the set? Yes. <laughs> I fucking knew it. That they were in a like <laughs> VIP lounge that it actually was a room Ugh. that it you know they were eating a lobster they they were just uh, indulging in rich man opulence. opulence. They, we were reaching for the same word the there. Hashtag bud. good friends. Absolutely. In full force on this Wednesday. Look. Uh, <laughs> It was something that was tangible that looked like something you've seen in reality. That's the thing. A curtain with a TV in front of it is nothing. <laughs> no, one, no one has ever seen this. It doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. It literally doesn't exist anywhere in the world. It's, uh, our friend Desharm is staying with me starting on uh, Wednesday. So I've set up an air mattress in my spare bedroom, yeah. and I put my extra television in there. Well, it's you the saddest hang, looking you, thing ever. You should ever. hang a curtain behind <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like it's one curtain away from being the G. DM's <laughs> office every week on Raw. I, and not to linger on this point too long, but you are so right about it. I swear to God, every time you feel like you exit that arena and some sort of, and you've called out the, the boiler room being, I'm not talking about just specific, or when Cesar and Sheamus went to the bar. It doesn't even need to be specific. Just leaving the arena every time feels like you've been underwater for an hour. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <gasps> oh my God, air. This fresh. This, and is, they, this is what television should look <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, it's shot from different angles. You're seeing these guys in different environments. It's just colossally more interesting and instantly makes you pay attention more. It doesn't feel as homogeneous. The first time, homogenous. Homogenous. The, the first time. Well, I'm the brain genius. It was homogeneous. <laughs> yes, homogeneous yeah, is the scientific designation for Josh Custodio. I'm great at talking to people, which are homo sapiens. <laughs> 
Homo genius, brain genius, homo sapiens, the, thank you, you're the welcome. The first time they did that shot in hour one on the show, yep. where the camera moved from the ring into the back and then followed the revival into the yes. office. Yep. Like, okay, that is a camera move, which A, was interesting, looked good, mm-hmm. joined something in progress. Yep. We, yes. We dropped in on something in media res, is Nicely what done. that is called. Uh, like, the, all of these things are good, and then it's set up. The walk that Roman made from the ring to that office later. You knew instantly where he was going, what he was doing. It's visual storytelling. Yes, and And it makes it feel alive. Like, it makes it feel like these are actually moving pieces and parts, and, like, there's a universe here. It's not these, okay, they're here. They're here, and everyone's separate. It's, it feels very and it was together. It's nice. Good use of Roman Reigns. Yeah, because also you're telling ta- if you're gonna like, why do these guys just sit in the ring and listen to these promos? You're gonna talk shit about my kids. I'm gonna come back there and fuck you up. Absolutely, that is a compelling babyface motivation. I actually liked Roman on this episode of Raw. Yeah, I. I do feel like he's very much stuck on Drew McIntyre. Like, I don't think McIntyre and Roman bring the best out of each but other. But this version of the feud is much better than oh. what they were doing before Mania. There's there's no doubt about that. But it, it does feel a little bit like Rollins going through Joe to get to Triple H. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, this feels like a stopgap. Except this is worse because we already saw Drew and Roman. It's yeah. like, oh, I have to it's get true. through Drew McIntyre to get to Shane. Oh, I just did that. It's like, well... <laughs> Uh, actually, we're going to need to do that one more time. Like, that part of it is a little wonky to well, me. Well, it sort of makes sense that in that, like, it, it, there was no d- distraction when he did it the first time. True, yeah. There was no external pieces. It was just two guys going one-on-one. If he's distracted by Shane, Drew gets the upper hand That's this a good time. Point, I yeah. do understand that. Not to circle back to you saying that I'm right so that I can agree that no, you're right, I'm right. <laughs> but like, I am right. You're right. Yeah, I was like, right. Like it. Yes, it does need to be a defined faction. I, I like. I was like, oh, good. The revival are part of the crew again this week. Yeah. Where were they last week? Who knows? But regardless, nice use of those guys. They fit in so well was, there. Was happy to see them. But and, and I, we referenced it as the corporation last week. It is the corporation. Yeah. They are very. Obviously, as much as people complain about the overuse of Shane McMahon on WWE television right now, they are booking him like they booked Vince in the late 90s. They are going back to that playbook and just putting Shane into every Vince position. People have pushed back on me with this, and it's very fair. Because I'm not even like a big Shane McMahon fan, I wouldn't say, but I don't find. I know he's getting a lot of time on both shows, but I don't find his segment stale, to be honest. I see a lot of this that it's like, oh, Shane again. I'm not saying he's the best thing on the shows, but like I don't find myself wanting to to not engage. It's if anything, when it's him and McIntyre, I'm more interested in Shane than I am Drew McIntyre. The Heath Slater stuff was great this the week. Slater stuff, like I I don't know. I just if if he is just going to be a magnet for like heels to get a little bit of rub on, would I rather see the focus just solely based on those heels? In most cases, yes. But right now, I'm not bored by this. I find it, especially like you say with the VIP lounge, pretty good. But again, it's like the the thing that works about the Slater thing is that it's putting him into that Vince chairman position of, like, I got to go talk to the boss. Which, like, look, as much as people want to complain about Shane getting overused, you know who we're not seeing right now? Who? Stephanie. You know who we're not seeing right now? Who? Triple H. Yep. Are you not sick of those two people being all over TV all the time? WWE believes, whether they're right or wrong about this belief, this is just their booking philosophy. Television needs this sort of figure before Triple H and Stephanie, it was John Laurinaitis. Like, there's just always someone in this role. Yeah. 
is Shane good at this role? Yeah. I say yes. I would rather be seeing him than Shane in, or than uh, Stephanie and Triple H for sure. Now, if you're telling me Johnny Ace is coming back, people power, <laughs> then you know maybe maybe Shane can take the back seat. But, he's, uh, he's a little busy with uh, with Mama Bella. Right that's now. right, dude. dude Lord Ice is so insanely underrated; it drives me crazy. He was really good in that role. I think people just like had such a hate for Cena that they couldn't appreciate what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, and, and even opposite Punk, he was so good. Yeah, just like. He's so awful. Like, it, it, and it feels like in real life, like it's like this guy's probably not good to be around. But I don't hmm. think that's true. I think he's just so good in his role that he comes across as like this fuddy duddy. What do you think about that dynamic though? That that Slater segment kind of introduces once again as well, which is like boss employee dynamics, which we have not really been not leaning while. into for a little while now. Like so many things in wrestling, it depends on execution, but I liked it this week. I don't necessarily want like a lineup outside of Shane's door where everyone's like, oh, need to get get Shane's approval. Get some FaceTime with the boss man. But if there's like a lower card guy who, again, is getting like a little bit of focus from that, I'm all in on that. There's no question. I just wish when people told me that this week's Raw was so good, they had warned me. And prepared me dun, 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 that Hulk Hogan dun, dun, was going to appear on my television screen for an extended period. Can I say something good about that? Sure. I felt like people were not like it was not a big deal that Hogan was there. Maybe I don't mean like I think it should be a big deal in a bad way, but I didn't see one person being like, "Oh, the Hulkster's back!" Like I did not see one bit of of comment about that. Can I say something about his little bit? Yeah, of course. Where the fuck That's what we do here. Where the fuck was he? What what, what do you room mean? was that? I was like, oh I that must remember. be that must be the Hulkster's like trophy room. There's all these belts hanging off the wall. But then one of the belts is like the smoking skull. One of the belts was like the SmackDown women's title. I was was like, did it? he just go to like a wrestling memorabilia store? Well maybe he was at his store on Long Beach, uh Hogan's Beach shop. Oh does he have like a shop that I, sells wrestling stuff yeah i don't know how much not it's hogan related yeah i because I, I, there are a bunch of like hogan weight belts on the wall behind yeah. him too i thought this he, is he might have been like in his garage or something at first i'm 90 percent sure it's called hogan's beat shop and yeah it's like a wrestling memorabilia he does like signings there during okay. wrestlemania week and stuff it's like yeah. yeah the hulkster never wore the smackdown women's <laughs> title well not because he didn't want to though that's <laughs> yeah, if he had uh, the book yeah. if it was wcw <laughs> if he had the book he would have had the <laughs> yeah. smoking skull yeah. uh, he would have had all of them. Oscar's eating the leg. There's no doubt about it. It's a, <laughs> a big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. That's what's happening. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. Uh, do we feel like this is a sign that things can turn around? Do you do you feel more optimistic about stomping grounds? Sorry, stamping grounds. <laughs> I caught you. Uh, uh, now, having seen a good Raw that had well-built stories that is leading into this show than you would have a week ago. No. Uh, I don't feel more anticipated for stomping grounds. Uh, only because those top two matches, you can't get around it that I just... Can you think of less interesting title matches since Jinder had the belt? Jinder Orton is the last, like, the third one, is the last title match I can think of that I was as uninterested in. I would say these are lower than that. That's what I mean. Like, can you think of a title match that is, is less appealing to you? Not really. Like, we just saw them. There wasn't all that much heat to begin with. We got better main events on Raw and SmackDown. Oh, yeah. If it was Rollins, Brian delayed to Sunday, I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, but but no, I'm optimistic that maybe Raw could be turning a little bit of a corner. Because the SmackDown main was a two out of three falls tag match between Kofi and Seth versus Owens and Sammy. Yeah. It sounds like that has to be good. Yeah. we ha- Neither of us have seen it yet. But, yeah. like, that's a good match. We got Seth versus Brian one-on-one yep. on Raw. Raw. 
Like, those are significantly better matches than what's getting dangled in front of us at the pay-per-view. Well, and, and that's the thing. And Listen, the card is deeper. Like you say, the addition of uh, Joe and Ricochet, obviously that's one to watch. Um, there's, uh, oh, Heavy Machinery and uh, Brian and Rowan. Like, that That has my attention for sure. But you really need something juicy at the top of the card. To, and listen, I'm going to watch it. Like, I'm, I haven't missed a WWE pay-per-view in my adult life. It'd be ridiculous to start now. But mm. I would say I'm, I'm pretty, in terms of my Richter scale of, of interest, this one's ranking kind of low for me. Like, more, more than usual. And it's tough to say what that is if I'm just but like Ricochet versus Joe is going to be good. Why don't we jump into the actual breakdown of the card? Yeah, now? This seems like let's as good of a time it. as any to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then I do. We do need to talk about the G1 blocks on the other side. We of will. It. We will. But, but tell me what's coming up at Stamping Ground. Here we go. Uh, Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against one Alexa Bliss. Uh, I thought that this was built well. Yeah, me too, actually. I, I really like what's going on with Nikki here. Yep. Uh, that she's clearly being used. Yep. And, th and that part of what I don't like about what the, her character is right now is also part of what is good about this feud because they're making her into a uh, like idealistic child. A little gullible. But which, which is like what Bailey was for when she arrived on the main roster, well, that's interesting. right? Yep. Like there is a naivety to that character that is very reminiscent of when Bailey first arrived. And I right. feel like that actually ties into the feud quite well. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Alexa wins this thing with some Nikki interference, but then also that's too soon maybe to, to pull the plug on Bailey with this title. I'm not so sure, to be honest. I, I think that, that you may see the Alexa switch here. Uh, but I, then Alexa's not even on SmackDown. Yeah, I guess that's true. This is the fucking wild. It just feels like they're using Bailey, even though she's the champion on the other show, to advance the natural storytelling feud with this duo of Alexa and Nikki. I guess what I want to get to is Nikki finally losing it and becoming unhinged and, and going after Alexa. I think that's what we're going to get at the end of this match. And I guess in my mind, I was more interested in that with Alexa having the belt, but you're right. Neither of them are on SmackDown, Nikki or Alexa, so it doesn't really make sense. How could they? So maybe yeah. you just see the, the feud spurn off from this but over to Raw. I, I did like the way this was built to on yeah. Raw. I've liked all these segments for the last month. I yeah, you're into Alexa as the coffee boss. Yeah, I think it's... Well, am I in? I think she pulls it off very well. It's a weird gimmick. Yeah. yeah. You know the chicken to shit to chicken salad thing? Like, mm -hmm. Alexa can do that. You know, she, she's not quite John Cena. But yeah, she, and she's she's a baby face right now, but you can still see the heel working underneath. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Do you think she's baby face it's right a, now? It's fake. Yeah. But, like, she's, she's pretending to be the, baby face. The coffee thing is a comedy bit, right? Like, yeah. they've leaned into something to make her appear as less of a heel, and then the swerve back the other way is coming soon. Probably as soon as this Sunday. Who are you picking in this match? I'll pick Bailey. I'll do the same. Uh, Jim, well, we covered a bunch about Roman and Drew here, but is there anything else you'd like to, to sort of extrapolate on? Are you mostly good? Uh, I think I'm good on that one. Yeah. I think Roman's going to win again, which I don't know is the right move here because he already beat Drew. But if you have to get to Roman Shane... Then I think the move is to have Drew win on Shane's interference. But then he still has to do a trilogy with Drew, doesn't no, he? No, but no, he can, he can remove Drew from the pitcher outside of a match. Maybe Rollins helps him, stomps Drew into a cinder block, and Ex then leaves. Exactly, something like that. So you're going to go... Like you can do a segment on television that takes Drew off TV. Yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Like, what does it do for Drew to just eat these losses as Shane's lackey? I, yeah. I don't know. I... I'm still going to stick with Roman here because I just think that is like a little bit more the linear path, but I can see what you're saying I here. don't think we get to Shane versus Roman until SummerSlam. 
Wow. Honestly. Yeah. That's only two months away. I mean, that doesn't feel like only. Here, you say two months. How about if I've worded it It's like less that? than two months, honestly. We're recording this. What's the date today? Okay. It's uh, uh, June June 19th. 19th. We are, what, uh, probably, I guess, like seven weeks away from SummerSlam? Seven weeks, or as I like to call it, about 1,800 hours of WWE programming (laughs) involving Shane feuding with Roman. Yeah, so you've got to come up with another match for after this one in between. Yeah, maybe him and the Revival. But that's not that hard. No. I mean, he could pick up Seth and do him and Seth versus the Revival or something to to that extent. Exactly. That that could very well be there. J-Mo, next match on the card here, and then uh, at least on Wikipedia, is Becky Lynch once again with Lacey Evans for the women's. Uh, championship it's got to be the end of this feud. I'm so sick of it. This was this was the only segment on Raw on like a, a Raw that you said you weren't tempted to skip anything. Yeah, I was tempted to skip this segment, and yeah. I love Becky. Well, dude, I mean the, the booking of taking super fire hot Becky and just putting her. I get the idea they're trying to elevate Lacey Evans, and you know it can work in that way. It but worked for the first month. Yeah, but you, like you can't any. Any feud, in, unless there are a number of different pieces that you can throw into it, like the faction that yes. Shane has built around him, cannot sustain a three-month program anymore. The way that WWE has traditionally done long-term angles is not conducive to the way they're currently doing television. Well, and I remember people being very heavily critiquing the Enzo verse cast feud by the end, mm-hmm. and I felt very much the same where it's just like, yeah, it's not good, but, but, how, really many, good. but and how many promos of these guys have to cut on one another? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's every week it's five minutes. and But especially when you are leaning away from the bland, the, the bland split. The bl- you're not getting. Uh, when you're getting away from that, and like having these people appear on every show, it's like one month is two months right now. So that's do what a I mean. Two month feud. This feels like they've been feuding for four months. Eternity. It's a- fucking yeah, eternity. That's right, bud. The United States Championship going. Oh, picking Becky though. Yeah, Becky yeah, for sure as well. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. This might be my most anticipated match on the card. Yeah, I think this has the potential to be a real banger, and I am excited. For Joe to finally get a pay-per-view match that's longer than 60 seconds. Yeah, I hope they give these guys some time here, and I hope uh, we get some sort of amazing spot where Joe catches them out of midair into the Coquina clutch. Yeah. That could, I mean, you think of all the the spots Ricochet's capable of putting together for that finish. You might see something really cool. I hope, though, that, you know, the other guys that were involved in the five-way to determine the contendership here. Still got something. No, stay out of it. Yeah. Like, I don't want... I don't want spillover of Braun and Bobby and whatever Please to interfere no. with this match. Just let these two put on a 15-minute match. This this is the way you're going to get Ricochet over on the main roster. Let him wrestle. entirely through work rate. Let him have banger matches. My one complaint from Raw, yeah. what did we talk about when we talked about Ricochet's big debut? That he didn't do the 630 yeah. that often in NXT. And now. He did it twice in one match. I know. It's... I don't get this with guys. I mean, not to sound like, you know, the new Japan mark or whatever, but the the protected big move is really worth a lot. Moves like in terms lose their specialness if you do them too often. Even the greatest moves, even the most yeah. impressive physical feats you've ever seen, a exactly. 630 well amongst them, absolutely are, like you say, just, you know, it, it's not impressive on time 100. And if it's not even a finish, it's like... Well, to, the first time you did it was to pin Braun. That makes sense to bust it out there. Yeah. But then... Do another move to, cl- to end the match. You're Ricochet. You got a, a big barrel full of moves. Look at AJ Styles. Three finishers. Daniel Bryan. Three finishers. Exactly. Baron Corbin. One finisher. Exactly. But these guys should have multiple finishers and make matches more interesting. I'm picking Samoa Joe to retain. So do I. The New Day. 
comprised of Big E and Xavier Woods. This was added this week and one that uh, did definitely add to the depth of the card. Or taking on the the. I mean, what do you even call Owens and Zayn at this point? The longtime dudes. A uh, tag team that know each other inside and out. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The hashtag good friends. Well, uh, they can't take that branding unless they can throw us a couple bucks. But, you know, no no further questions. <laughs> How do you think we're going to get our own crime yacht? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off the backs of Sami Zayn. Yeah, Sammy, for Siri, you're going to be raising money for something different after we sue you, Sammy. That's, yeah. uh, that's a heads up there, bud. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to this match, man. Uh, when was the last time we got to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens tag? Um, been a little pro- bit. Pro- no, they were in a six-man with Dolph last week. But it was straight up two men, those two. That's true. Yeah, it's probably not since uh, they took on the babyface tag team of Braun yeah. Strowman and Bobby Lashley uh, in one of the worst matches of last year. Everybody remembers that great heel and face dynamic where everybody loved Bobby <laughs> Lashley and everybody hated Kevin Owens. Yeah, I remember that. Of that course, was, yeah, of everyone. course. And everyone loved that match where we saw the babyfaces stomp the heels for ah, three weeks yeah. in a row and then stomp them on the paper. Yes, as well. they finally got their comeuppance. Or wait, they. We're winning the whole anyway. They got uh, nothing but come up and the entire time. <laughs> Who you got winning this one here, Madman? Uh, it's not Kofi though, right? It's versus Biggie and Biggie and Xavier. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick that KO and Sammy Me win as well. this, and that heats up your heels too for something important because like Owens cut a pretty good promo. I like to think on. Uh, Kofi this week, yep. and then Kofi was like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna beat me like when I already beat you, you idiot." Get, I, give him a win over his boys. Let him have some real trash yeah, talk material that's, again. That's a bullet in the gun for sure if he's got a pin over Big E or, or Xavier. <laughs> you know where else you can find bullets and guns? Go ahead. On our crime yacht. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the season two finale of The Sopranos. Uh, Jamo, maybe it's your – and listen, it might just be you being an influencer on, on my wrestling brain, yeah. but I'm kind of excited for this 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship match of uh, Tony Nese, who I – I mean, he might be my least favorite wrestler on the entire roster, for all I know. That's mm-hmm. if I could name one thing about him. I mean, to say that I dislike him means that I even think about Tony Knees, yeah, which call never happens. Tony Knees, because he's a lung blower to your interest, but That's absolutely correct. Call him uh, Tony Knees to improve, uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But he's taking on Akira Tozawa, who, of course, we love. And, uh, you know, maybe our longest-standing love of 205 Live, Drew Gulak. Yeah, I mean, I kind of defended this match last week in that, like, if you feel indifferent towards Tony Knees... Yeah. This match is like almost built for you because you've got like a nothing champion in the middle, a beloved baby face on the one side, and a hated heel on the other. That's yeah, and it, 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 they should combine well. At the very least, like Gulak and Tozawa will make this match interesting. Oh, and I mean, guaranteed they will. I mean, that's the, that's what they do. I'm if if this is on the pre-show, which I don't know if it is, I will go out of my way to watch this one. I so. certainly will as well. Something to that, and I hope it's actually in the middle of the card. I hope they put these guys on yeah. the show proper. I hope so. I as doubt well. they will, but that kind of spotlight is deserved for two hundred five live. Why right are now. the two hundred five live matches not hot opens? I mean, those seem so built to be an opener. To be the too. curtain jerk. Yeah. yeah, because you want someone you recognize to build interest. I guess right? that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. If Gable were to be in a prominent position on 205 yeah. Live, that's a curtain jerker for sure. Get him that belt ASAP. Then I might start watching the show. J- JMO, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan taking on Heavy Machinery, our pals Otis and Tucker. I'm weirdly excited for this one, even though, for all I know, there's one good wrestler in it. Yeah, I like this feud. Yeah. I've, I've been looking forward to this feud for you know the entire time it was teased out. 
when I had a feeling that this was going to be coming about five, six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. My one complaint is I don't think we've gotten enough promo segments between these two teams. Yeah. Because Brian and Rowan seem like they're preoccupied with Raw guys every week. Yeah. I When you think of this feud, you want to see them steer into the, the planet's champion vegetarian versus steaks and weights. Like, that's like, This the... was already the feud to, to do when we got that useless Usos match yeah, last month. that's right. And so, but I am excited for this, for the yeah. record. I, I will, you know, I hope that they can deliver, because I'm not that familiar with watching Heavy Machinery wrestle. I've seen the NXT uh, TakeOver match, but I think they were only on one. Yeah, and we saw them at a house show where they wrestled AOP. That match was a banger. Yeah, and then Raw. Yeah. It's like, so, and a couple episodes of NXT, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm infinitely familiar with watching Heavy Machinery wrestle. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, like, their double-team finisher. Yeah. Um, but I do like their general style. I think they're fun in the ring. And Otis I think has something, man. When you put uh, Otis against Brian and Tucker against Rowan, I think that's two pairings yeah. that no matter – and even switch it out, like back and forth, I think these teams should work very well together. I'm I, excited for this match. Me too, man. In fact, it's up there on my most excited four matches on the card. But I think we agree that the champs retain. I think so, I think yeah. we agree right up and down this one. We didn't make a pick, though, on the cruiserweight. Oh, Does yeah. Does it even matter? I would love to see Gulak yeah, get that I, belt. I'm picking Gulak because I know nothing, and I want to put out in the universe that Drew Gulak will be a champion. And I want a heel champion for Chad Gable to chase. Gable Gulak, just from a mat wrestling standpoint. Would be amazing. Buh, 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 banger. Yeah. Like, everyone wants it. If Let's G- get to it. Put it on Gulak. Have Gable challenge If him. Gable Gallagher was good, wow. Gable Gulak will be... A classic. Sign Zack Sabre Jr. and make it a four-way. Fucking A. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage. One of the worst steps of all time. I think the cage actually helps this match. How so? Um, you remove the uh, Sammy and Kevin interference. But, yeah. but, but that always sort of. means you're going to get yeah. some form of fuckery anyways. Yeah. So we're going to get a good match that will be vicious. and like, Look, I liked the, the Miz-Shane cage match if the Miz and Shane McMahon can have a, a fun match where they're bashing each other into the metal and stuff Dolph and Kofi are way better than both those guys in the ring are they better in a cage than Shane McMahon I think yes I mean I I hear people right now being like in every single instance they are better wrestlers but than Shane, Shane didn't do a stunt in that match no I know but he I feel like he has more practice. He knows the space. I think he knows. Just I like don't know. bashing himself into the walls and stuff. He's willing he to might take have a it. Point I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see on Saturday. I just think if Sunday. I liked the Shane Miz match, I have to give this an yeah. open chance. I think this can be good. Yeah. It's certainly more interesting than if they just were doing this one-on-one again. If they didn't have the fucking door on the steel cage, I'd agree with you. Yeah, I hate that door. What are we doing with that? How is it still part of the match? It's terrible. When, when there is maybe nothing in wrestling, Punjabi Prison falls into this too. When somebody has to sell, even though the door's open and they're like crawling around, mm-hmm. it's like I think you'd probably find a way to just pull yourself to the door and win the match <laughs> and defend it. That's how I feel. Yeah. Or like the gates in the Punjabi Prison and like the spot of pulling the guy back oh. through the door by one leg. We've seen it a million times. It's the least interesting thing you can do in a cage match. Although, Jeff Hardy and Orton did did a good ca- cage match, and I thought that would suck. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just too hard on them, because there there have been uh, some good ones. Jamo, let's talk about the main event. Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin with a special guest referee. We, oh, we're both picking Kofi to retain, yes? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Um, I'd love to see a great match here. I don't think we're going to get... You think it's more angled on the refereeing? I don't... <laughs> 
I think we're going to get a good match here. I think, like we were saying before we started recording, we know two people who have gone to see this current crop of house shows on this tour right now. Yeah, that's true, actually. The and, Patreon chat's been, been hot for and, this. And both people on the, in the Patreon chat who've seen Corbin versus Rollins on the house show circuit of late have said it's been a, a pretty good match. So I, I'm, I've got an open mind yeah. as far as match goes, but... What the people were not seeing on the house show circuit was whatever guest referee fuckery this match is going to be victim of, too. We will know exactly how this match is going to be based off of its placement on the card. If this is not the main event, I'll be nervous that it's just an angle for Brock Lesnar, who's the special guest referee. But if it is the main event, don't you still think that's probably where Brock slots in as the referee? Are they going to go off air with with just like... I think they're going to... I just I, Brock's that, not cashing no, in. No, he can't. No, he can't cash in here. It's too early. If yeah. you want to do some sort of rematch at SummerSlam, he needs to cash in at Extreme Rules. Yeah, I agree, JMO. So, I th- I don't think it's the play to have the cash in, but I do think Brock is going to be the ref. So I don't know how they booked themselves out of this one, but that's why we tune in and watch. I'm just gonna say I'm picking Baron Corbin to win this match. Wow, it makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Sometimes they swerve you. There needs to be some sort of something up at the top of this card. It does. Like, uh, look, we've been we've been in agreement right the way through. Yeah. What What did I just criticize the Saudi Arabia shows for? Great uh, politics. Only, only one title change, and it was the cruiserweight title. Right. We just booked this entire show with only one title change, and it was the cruiserweight title. Yeah. Is there even an IC title match on this show? No. There's no Finn Balor on this no. show. There's not, no not Andrade on this show. Not according to Wikipedia. I wonder if that gets added. Could be. Because, yeah. Yeah, I, put me down for I assume you're taking Rollins because you have a brain. <laughs> yeah, but, but the real question is, does, does Brock Lesnar leave this show as champion? No. Yeah, I just don't think Tacoma is the city to do that. Yeah, in. there's... The ticket sales have been horrifically bad yeah like show. historically soft and right? look we're part of the problem yeah well, we could have gone to this show we're choosing not to i don't think we're part of the problem i think the creative book- booking over the last yeah. month and a half has been the problem if there would have been if that top of the card had two title matches you and i both wanted to see we'd be going sunday i think that's a pretty fair thing to I say i think that's true for uh, sure. especially did you look at some of the pricing like you can get in that building for they're doing like two for one tickets right now yeah so if they're, but what are we going to drive? That's seven hours of driving. Three and a half down, three and a half back. Like, yeah. What is the match you're going there for? Uh, yeah. It can't be. It ain't Kofi Dolph. It can't be a New Day versus Owens and Zayn tag match. No. As fun as that would be. Absolutely not. Like That's a match that you could see on a house show whenever the house show circuit comes back. And have way. the time of your life. Absolutely. Jim, I would love, as we exit uh, Stomping Grounds, which I feel like we were a little hard on, which maybe means that it can over-deliver on Sunday, which would be... Uh... I think it'll be a good show. I think largely the matches will be good. I especially think the Cruiserweight... T- uh, t- uh, Triple sorry, threat. The Cruiserweight title match has a real shot at being good. But most of all, I think Samoa Joe and Ricochet are going to steal the show. Let's see it. Jim, before we transition over to the listener mailbag, we uh, I got to talk about the G1 because... And listen, I haven't been following New Japan for my whole life for anything, but this feels like the most stacked G1 field that I've ever seen. Does that feel relatively true for you as well? Um, yeah, pretty well. This feels like the first time the G1 has me excited enough to basically try and tune in every single day along the way. I, I'll be doing what I've done the last two years where I just watch the packs the next morning, but uh, I'm still – listen to these blocks. Block A. Yeah, I don't want to watch like the filler tag matches, but you know what I'm saying. No, no, yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. 
Block A, Kazuchika Okada, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Evil, Sonata, Bad Luck Fale, Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, and Kenta. Is there a pairing in there, if you remove Lance Archer, that you don't want to see? Oh, not really. Like, I know Fale's not the world's best worker, but he's always fun in these situations. Him and Okada put on a great match, you know, semi-recently. Then over in Block B, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, Juice Robinson, Toriyano, Hiroki Goto, Jay White, Jeff Cobb, Shingo Tagaji, Taichi, and John Effin Moxley. That... That's the block that the real money is in. Block A is the work rate, and block B is if you nasty. That's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, listen, here, I'm just going to throw out some matchups to you here, JMO, and I want just your immediate thoughts to them. Can we play this little game? We'll call it a micro, or JMO, do I turn this into keep it or kick it? Uh, let's do keep it or kick it. They might all just be keep it. Okay, but you have to be extremely okay, harsh here, I gotta okay? I got to be judicious. I'll try my best. You have to kick. If it doesn't absolutely give you that feeling in your gut, you must kick it. Do you promise? I will. Well, then it's time for an impromptu episode of, of keep, keep It, it or, or kick, kick It. Hit the music. All right, let's go. JMO, keep it or kick it. Juice Robinson versus Tetsuya Naito. Oh, keep it for sure. I've been harsh on Juice in the past. That was a great match with Mox. And now that he's just cut his hair, I'm in. So we'll say keep it. Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiroki Goto. Two fucking bad men. Dude, that one in particular, Two Ishii and Goto. bruisers. Like, I want to see both those guys fight Mox. And I want to see both those guys fight each other. Keep it. Toro Yanu versus John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> you, you asked me to be judicious, so I'm inclined to say kick it because Toriano. But, but Big Mox big, saves the day. I got to say keep it. Big effing Mox. Okay. Here we go. I think we got one here, J-Bo. Tai Chi versus Jay White. <sighs> I'll say kick it just because, yeah, fuck Jay White. Kazuchika Okada versus Sonata. Oh, man. We've already seen it. It's been great before. Dude, these, they, these, these are all real matches, yeah. by the way. Keep these it. Are keep it, for sure. Keep it. Hiroshi Tadahashi versus Kota Ibushi. Ah! <laughs> keep it. Okay, this is a maybe. Will Ospreay versus Evil. It's still interesting. Clash of styles, but I'm intrigued to see how they combine. I gotta say keep it. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. versus Lance Archer. <laughs> Lance... Get out of here, bud. But Zack Sabre may, might be the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> Keep it, bud. I mean, I, I'm tr okay, I'm going to search through the list of everything that's announced and try to find the ones that seem the least appealing to me okay. and see if we can find. I mean, they're just the Lance Archer matches. Yeah. But, okay, here. Oh, maybe this. This is a maybe. We just mentioned him. But let's go again. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Bad Luck Fale. That's a kick it. I want to see it. No, see, I, I... Think of Fale standing and uh, Sabre doing like he did to, you know, kill him and all, but Big Mike Elgin when he's, like, crawling around him while he's standing, going for the submissions while the big yeah. guy's still on his feet. I don't know. I'm, I feel like uh, Fale's lost weight and he's changed his gear. He looks better. But yeah. I'm still... I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, Fale guy. How about this? Uh, uh, a clash within factions. Evil versus Sonata. Oh, a clash within tag teams. I know. That's going to be extremely interesting. I got to keep that. Why the fuck do we do keep it? These all look good to me. Okay, <laughs> Jeff Cobb versus Jay White. Oh. <laughs> I know I said fuck Jay White earlier, but against Jeff Cobb? Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> and that was, was keep it. it or I think it. I think that was just keep it. That was, yes, that what? was just keep the it. The great segment of our show. Can I keep it? 
Yes, you can! <laughs> Dad, I am fucking fired up for the G1, man. It's going to be so fun. Like, every time... And listen, even without him, obviously, this is a hell of a tournament. But every time Mox enters that ring, it's going to feel special. And you're getting John Moxley versus Tetsuya Naito. What do you want, folks? That's a, that's a main event on any building in this planet in a huge building, no matter where it is. I mean, that is... That might be my, my most anticipated match right now. I think it's got to be. Yeah, I think Naito makes the final, too. I think Naito might even win the G1 this year. We have a question about who we're predicting winners for. So so hold that. Uh, we'll just say that was a tease as we move into the... Listener Mailbag! J-Mo, are you ready to do the Listener Mailbag? I sure am, bud. Well, then let's kick it off with the gray hoodie idiot at Nicholas East as he asks, Just a note about the latest Fighter Fest YouTube video. In the Darby Allen portion, there is a very amateur hour spelling mistake of forward instead of forward. I feel like a wiener, but it did come off as unprofessional to me. Basically, do you worry about the technical department of AEW? Um, a little bit, in so much as like they had some But look, like when we talked about the technical goofs from Double or Nothing, yeah. they were all on the pre-show. Yep. Like they figured Well, Brett with it the belt. Yes. But, but, but that's primarily. That was Brett. Yeah, I know that we said, like, within WWE there would be a ref to tell Brett to stop fucking it up. Yeah. But that was also Brett, like, just being a complete moron and forgetting how to play to a hard camera. Or is Brett a man of the people trying to show everyone in the live audience who paid their hard-earned money to be there? Me and Owen used to always play to the crowds up front. Um, but, uh, so, I'll say, yeah, I guess a little bit. It, it seemed it, like they figured their shit out as that show went along. And that was just one show. Specific to a spelling error, I actually don't think it's that wienerish to say it steps out. Because it might be the only thing like on it, like in that sphere that has spelling errors. You know what I mean? It's not the only one. A couple else have been tweeted into the Top Marks account. I won't say I'm worried about them because I don't think it actively hurts the product. But yeah, I mean... I don't think stuff like that can happen. Like, I, I think you have to have some sort of line where it's like, guys, we, we can't have spelling uh, on our mistakes on our official material. So I wouldn't say I'm worried because I don't think it hurts them long term. Mm -hmm. But it does stink. Like, it, it does, it's like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. forward? Like, yeah. what are we doing it's here? It's like if uh, you went to listen to this episode and I called it Top Mask. Yeah, it's like, okay, sure, it's not hurting us, but... That's our Halloween. Yeah, Top Mask. <laughs> that's, that's just talking about Firefly Funhouse, Top Mask. <laughs> Well, that well, frankly, that episode's been a long time coming. <laughs> Just an episode where we talk about Firefly Funhouse, which was again pretty good this week. I thought it was amazing this yeah, week. It was uh, really, really good. I I just, but I'm a shit-eating wild man for it. Yeah, I can't, I can't get enough of that show. I, I loved the dig at the worms, and I loved the dig at Bo's appearance yes. on Jericho's podcast with the conspiracy. It's yeah. just like he he did flat Earth, and then he did dinosaurs are still alive, which to me was tying into Bo believing that lizard people live inside the Earth. That's how I exactly read it as well. <laughs> I mean, Firefly Funhouse just. Swinging and home run week in, week out for he me. He is just taking note. Uh, like, look, I said before that, that uh, you know, uh, the, the comparable between Undertaker and, and Bray Wyatt, in the 90s, Undertaker was the most dangerous thing in 90s pop culture, which was a, uh, a Satanist trying to indoctrinate your children yeah. into a, a cult through the culture they consume. 
in the mid-2010s, the most dangerous thing to society was an internet comment section, <laughs> which is basically what Bray Wyatt was for much of the last five years. The fact that he's taking all these internet memes and turning them into content, content that is genuinely very funny, Mwah, chef's kiss, you gotta love it. All I'm going to say is yowie wowie. <laughs> Jamar, our next question this week, and it's a serious one in tone, so let's let's bring it down a little okay, bit here okay. because, as we all know, the, the great honky-tonk man passed away this week. Yes. And uh, my nemesis, Dank Reynolds, at Book of Lube, asks, how are you going to mourn the loss of the recently deceased honky-tonk man? Jamar, do you have a, a honky-tonk man memory that stands out in your mind? Uh, when he died. Yeah. Probably yeah. the first time he died and then the second time also. Can we do a seven seconds of silence for the honky-tonk man right now? Absolutely. Okay. Rest in peace to a legend. <laughs> R.I.P. Honky. Next question this week comes to us from at Doug Crap. It's our guy with the new handle. It's Doug, Doug Crap. And he asks, Kushida gets called up to the main roster, but because of licensing issues, he can never do. He can no longer do the Back to the Future gimmick. Which WWE production film should he adopt? So what WWE movie is Kushida now? Because they have all the rights to those. Is Kushida going to incorporate to his gimmick? He's the Marine Six. <laughs> I hate it. That's the one with Becky Lynch and Shawn Michaels and Naomi, right? Sure. I hate it. <laughs> Why is... Oh, how is Ka Kushida the Marine? <laughs> I would like it if they just... I only treated him as if he was fully American and never acknowledged that he doesn't speak English. No, That's you know what? Okay, they're going to shift his, his gimmick from one 80s movie to another. He's going to go from Back to the Future to No Holds Barred. Okay, yeah. He's yep. Zeus now. That's He's Japanese Zeus. I mean, in some so ways. So he comes out to the ring with cross eyes and a big <laughs> like unibrow. And uh, that's his gimmick now. <laughs> I, I absolutely he's love the, it. He's the tiny, tiny lister. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh. Jamal, our next question this week comes to us from uh, my buddy. It's, it's Teen Days. At Teen Days. And he asks... Uh, hello, long time, first time here. Now, can he call himself a first time he's if he's been, been on, on the show? Well, he's the first time writing into the show. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. He's we, talked into the show that, before. But never written in. Exactly. Well, we're happy for the question because it's based off of that gif that I sent Josh earlier this week, which was a tremendous gif that just somebody had uh, compiled like all of the jobbers from, from like... Late 80s, early 90s. Unbelievable. I saw it earlier today, yeah. It's on, on, in this comment thread under the Top Marks questions if you haven't seen at Top Marks Pod on Twitter. But he... Uh, anyway, J-Mo asks... Or Jameson, I should say. You are J-Mo in this instance. We're uh, both J-Mos. Yeah, two great J-Mos. And he asks, based off of the gif I sent Josh C earlier this week, what would your jobber name be? And please make it as basic as possible. Well, we know what your jobber name is. Uh, yeah, I have a, a clear, I'm, I'm an occupation gimmick. No, right? I, don't I wasn't even going to go that way. Oh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we're going to build off the jobber that shares your name. Which is? Big Josh. Oh, I forgot about Big Josh. The legend Big Josh. Yeah, the, yes. the once and former doink. Yeah. And the once and future doink. Correct. I think, maybe even. Yes. Yeah. We found a, a panel from the, the WCW Marvel comic book. Unbelievable. That had Cactus Jack doing a cactus clothesline to Big Josh it's to the outside. It's fucking sick. You got to get that blown up and then put I, it on your wall. My, my apartment has so much like wrestling stuff up right now that I'm trying to like. 
not do as much, but gosh, that panel is well, you so got good. A spare bedroom that you can fill with wrestling stuff. I right guess now. that's absolutely true. That's a great point. Uh, okay, I will be Big Josh because you're right. There's nothing. They were not going better. But what about you? What What are we doing? What's a very big <laughs> Justin Fighter, or or like uh, uh, <laughs> the Beard Man? <laughs> that is that a gimmick? And I feel like that's like. Almost too good. Like, you yeah. could turn that into something good, you yeah, know? The beard true. man. It has to be, like, it has to have no kitsch to it. It has to be, like, just flat beige. It should start, your, your name is Justin. Should we start there? Yes. Justin Worker. <laughs> just go by, like, the color of my hair and beard <laughs> and eyes and call me, like, Justin Brown. <laughs> That's f- boring enough isn't it? It, it this is hard to make it to a funny answer because like the lamer it is the better so like justin brown is perfect but it's hard to turn into like making a good joke out of yeah but you are justin brown i am big josh and our next question <laughs> comes to us i'm justin brown and i'm taking you to brown town and i'm big josh <laughs> i'm large and big <laughs> and josh <laughs> he was gonna say large and in charge but too he catchy. He ain't in charge. Large folks. and in charge is a gimmick. Yeah. Big Josh is too easy here just to take the one, two, yeah, three. Sorry, Brown Town was too catchy as well. That's I'm taking you to Brownville. Ville. <laughs> now we're talking. Browntonshire. Well, you got to be careful telling somebody you're taking them to Brownville. I mean, our next question this week comes to us from front of the show. Some say the third mark. It's Ryan Shap out, Shap Top. And he asks. Thoughts on the WWE announcers casually referencing Becky and Seth's relationship on air for no apparent reason. I didn't catch this. It was, uh, they were saying that earlier in the day, they had been at the MTV Movie Awards or the Teen Choice Awards or something like that. Okay, yeah, I saw pictures of them there together. And Becky had her uh, belt over her shoulder and she had her man over her other shoulder and they were kissing on the red carpet. Wow. They said she was there with her boyfriend, Seth Rollins, the power couple. Hmm. I like it. Look, uh, we all know that this is true. They avoided leaning into it for months on end. Yeah. And uh, they're both champions. They're both the top dogs. May as well. Just lean in. Like, this is not... If this was a flash-in-the-pan relationship, it would have ended by now, right? If they were acknowledging it on screen, like you saw Seth and Becky together on screen, I'd mm-hmm. like it a bit more. Because like, it's like, oh, they're boyfriend-girlfriend, and yet seem to never co-occupy the same <sighs> universe. But also, like, there's nobody that Seth feuds with who has, like, a female... No, but like there, if, if I'm sure if there was a room to do that, it would happen. What about what about he's kicking it backstage, even if it's a promo with him and Roman, and Becky's just sitting beside him and they're hanging out like their girlfriend and boyfriend. But I don't. There wasn't any. We haven't gotten anything backstage with Seth lately that has not involved him attacking people That's with chairs. True. Well, what if that was Becky? That they were attacking people with chairs yeah. together. Yeah, I would love that. She's helping her man. Yeah, yeah see. but then and he's th- got to help her. And is he gonna really chair shot Lacey Evans? Only if he really loves Becky. <laughs> I think he should. Then that's how it works. <laughs> He'll show her a thing or two about manners. <laughs> Can you imagine? Just, just the entire program is canceled. Like they just go off air. Seth hits Lacey Evans with that <laughs> chair shot. They go back to the <laughs> the commentary table, and all three are just like. They were more silent than us morning hockey talk, man. That's absolutely... Rest in peace to a legend. Uh, Jamar, next question is... <laughs> they be saying rest in peace to a legend, and the legend is Monday Night, Night Raw. Raw. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely correct. <laughs> Comes to us from Brave Grandson <laughs> at Fate Kane, and he asks, We all love Firefly Funhouse. Yes, true, we do. True, true. Uh, but how worried are y'all 
about the Bray slash The Fiend's transition to actually being in the arena with WWE production. I'm not that worried. I am that worried. Okay, we're different here. Why aren't you worried? Get me the, optimistic. Because the mask looks great. Yes, yes. And and the, the, whatever they're going to do lighting-wise, I'm sure they're already playing with it right now with empty arenas and cameras. I like, hope that's true. And look, like, dude, Kane looked great for yep. years. Yep. Like, it wasn't until they started to fuck around with the look in the mid-2000s that, that, that it stopped looking good. Yes. Like, they found something that worked, and for five years at least, they ran with it, and it worked consistently every single time. I'm not worried about him. I think that that is the eventual feud for uh, for Aleister Black. I think yeah. we're getting Allie Black versus uh, Bray Wyatt at, That's at SummerSlam. That's the feud, man. That's the feud. And I'm really excited for it. I because, guess... Because... What the what is what is Black teasing out right now? Come through the door. The door. Yeah. He's Who, gonna enter the Firefly. Who's Fawn got House. a door? Wow, I hadn't put that together. That's good. If he enters the door and it's into the Firefly Funhouse, Black Mass. Just kicks the door down. Yeah. You'd love to see it. I guess I should say I'm worried because I have a clear idea of how I want it to play out. Okay. Which is I want the fiend and Bray Wyatt treated Different entrances, different Titan Trons. Like I want when Bray Wyatt enters, his theme to be we're all in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want all the colors, like I want it to be Firefly Funhouse, but when the fiend comes out, I want it to be like a cane like entrance or even more haunted. And I don't know if they're gonna do that. So maybe worried isn't the right word, but if they did like a cactus jack and mankind thing with it or a Foley and Dude Love, like that's what I want out of it. And they failed so spectacularly with Balor and the Demon in that that I am nervous that they won't have that separation between Bray Wyatt and D- the Fiend. Dude, it is disappointing that they have not been able to do more iconic Demon entrances. When I saw a video posted this week from New Japan. Oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, what a decade ago. Of Balor coming out with the Demon paint on, bursting out of a casket. Very Undertaker. Yeah. People carried in this casket and then laid it like standing up on the stage yep. and he kicked the door down and came out in full paint and it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds way better. And it's like, how have you not done anything like that with him? Like the, yeah. the, the like black man group that he did, the blue man group thing with black body paint yep. that they did in Saudi black Arabia. Face. That was okay. But it paled in comparison to something that new Japan did on a shoestring budget fucking forever ago. I mean, it's, yeah, like, I agree. I don't, I don't want to go down the hole of creative again. But, but yeah, I mean, it is shocking. They can't just look at that and be like, oh, maybe maybe production is what we need. Maybe just a little creativity would add. So how do we make this look different than normal? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, they would look at that and be like, well, that's Undertaker, pal. Yeah, that's probably true. Jim, our next question this week comes to us from the Eric Gilo fiasco. It's at E underscore prime, and he asks, Who's next to pick up the 24-7 European title, and why will it be the best built-up and exciting title change in the Fed? Okay, I'm going to ignore the second part of the question because it's not going to be, but who's next to pick up the 24-7? Well, well, Drake Maverick has it currently. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. Yep, me too. The the video that he did in L.A. that was like a a 7 parody, what's in the box, what's in the box. so good. Our truth has the upper hand now. That was his best one yet. He is only getting better at these things, Mm -hmm. and they are rewarding him for being the most creative of any one doing the video stuff right now. I hope EC3 gets a run with it, man. I know that That's EC3, my answer too. that he's like dying inside being a comedy character right now, but it's anything for him. And I, and I know you, this was the argument that we had when they introduced this belt was it's just going to, I don't know if I had this with you or if this Something, was Mike's talking yeah. point, but he's like, Mike was convinced that 
everyone who's in this mix is just relegated to comedy level and will be stuck as comedy jobbers forever. Right, yeah, I don't think this was us. I do think, though, that if you have nothing right now, yeah. and EC3 before this literally had nothing. Worse than nothing. That this is an avenue to get yourself over and be lifted out of comedy to be taken seriously. I guess I agree with you and Mike. I think it does relegate guys to, to comedy around that belt just by the nature of how you win it. But I think you're right that that isn't a bad thing relative to doing nothing. EC3 can talk his ass off, and he looks big time. Yeah, EC3 has the look to be taken seriously. Like, being a comedy character at one point does not relegate you to comedy forever. The step further I, I was going to take is I would like EC3 to take it off of Maverick and then them join up. Like, oh, really? And Maverick helps them. It's like, you know what? Actually, you were the money, and they, they tease their history together. because You don't want to see a feud between the two of them? Not really. because have, have you seen like any of their clips in TNA together? No, but you told me that they had a banger match. It's like my one of second the best favorite TNA matches ever. TNA history. If you have not seen the hair versus hair match of EC3 and Rockstar Spud, it's on Impact's YouTube channel, at least was last I checked. Please go watch it. It's it's you, really you, excellent with a great post match. You wouldn't want to see Drake Maverick versus EC3 for the 24-7 title at uh, Extreme Rules this year? You're right. I would like to see that. These guys just have such good chemistry together that seeing them work together eventually is something I'd like to see. But maybe that could be an earning respect thing after this match. Something. But those two interplaying with one another is a win for me. Fair. Uh, Jay Moore, our final question this week is a hashtag Cullen Classic. And it comes to us from at Cullen the Comic, John Cullen. He asks... Lots has been made about John Moxley. So, you get the opportunity to do one thing he's done in the last year. What do you choose of the following? Are you ready, JMO? Yeah. Be in the Shield. Make that AEW debut. Win the New Japan US title. Expose the business on a big podcast. Or be married to Renee Young. Oh, wow. Wowie. I mean... he has had quite the year. That's <laughs> true. What? What? Which are there? Are there any that jumped out to you as I was reading them? Before you even presented the options, the number one thing that jumped out at me was that video package that he made, which was which was oh, to sure. make fun movies. Yeah, <laughs> make LA a cool clip with fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick. Uh, uh, Crazy. Sick Nick Mondo. Sick Nick Mondo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that jumped out at me, but but you know it's not on the list. Which yeah. Is fine. Okay. Well, old. Being married to Renee, that's got to be right up there. It was the first one that crossed my mind. But also, don't want to steal another man's wife. That feels. Are they married in this situation? Am I? I just get to like this is a like quantum leap situation. Yeah, I enter Dean's body. That's how I understood it. And and everyone sees me as Dean. That's right. Okay. That's how I took it. I don't know if that's that's what the in that case. I'm gonna go with. The AEW debut. Yeah, it's because so that seems like the f- the most fun thing to do. But if I was if it was me and I got to be me, yeah, I'd probably pick the podcast because then that would launch me to broadcasting fame. Right. Okay, let's do it as us because maybe it's more interesting that way. Okay, okay, you're you. Yes. Are you doing the podcast? <sighs> well, if I did the if I did the. <laughs> You're I'm me. I do the AEW debut. I get carted away by security and <laughs> handcuffs. Yeah, the wolf brigade comes. All the wolf pups come and get That's me. That's how they do it at AEW. <laughs> what do you think the W stands for? Um, All elite wolf pups. That's absolutely correct. Uh, this one's actually kind of easy for me if it's me. Yeah? Yeah. And it's definitely win the New Japan U.S. title. Imagine <laughs> me being a champion That'd of New Japan. That'd be super fucking cool. It'd be unreal. Me with that belt. It's like Juice Robinson's coming from me. I'm like, fuck off, bud. None yeah. of that. 
yeah, I would good. like to be part of the the lineage of a New Japan title. I think I probably would too. They're all good. I, I know. Would, and if it's if it's me, then I get to be in the Shield, and people need to incorporate me into their Shield member power rankings. I'm probably above Triple H. Yeah, I might even be above Kurt Angle. Well, you're not above Angle, but you're above Roman and Triple H. That's. <laughs> But everybody knows the best Shield member is, was, that has always been Kurt Angle. So please do not. There, You've there. seen the figure in my living room. It's true. I gave it to That's you. That's absolutely correct. It's a Christmas present. It's happily year. displayed forever. Yeah. That was a hell of a question. Now, they're all good options. It, it really brings to light what a year Mox has had. Eh? If you get to live it as him, it's for sure the AEW debut. That moment, if you could distill that, yeah. you know, that'd be very special. Yeah. But, but I, I don't know. I feel like I could get, like, moments not that good, obviously, but, like, I can get pieces of that in my life. I can't get any piece of winning a belt. Yeah. In New Japan. Fair. Yeah. I don't know. No. Good the, week. Great the, questions this week. Did we? There was. Was there something from the Power Baby? Oh yes. He got but banned, he got deleted. Right? But I did pull it. Hang on. One second here. Matt Reynas got banned from Twitter this week. Yep. In advance of the Top Marks Pick'em Challenge, which means we need to find a way to help him get his picks in. Yeah, if you uh, have any sort of sway at Twitter, reach out to J0SHC or at Justin Morris yeah, and you, uh, help us bring the power, baby. Jack Dorsey, our number yeah. one listener. Fuck you, for one. <laughs> Secondly, you all Eat right my piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck you. Lick my asshole. <laughs> Third of all, fuck you again. <laughs> hey, we don't like you. We do not. Fourth, unblock Matt Reynas. Yeah, unblock Matt Reynas. But he does ask you win possession of ring of honor the whole company in a poker game what are the first what is the first thing you do in order to make the company suck less now that you're in charge i sign david star to an exclusive oh. contract and i position like the company is still in the pocket of Sinclair. And you do Star vs. Sinclair? Yes. Like they hate their champion, corporate. Yes. Wow. That's, yes. Love that. And, and it culminates with Star winning control of the company and pushing Sinclair out. That's Love that. Love that. And you were in control the whole time. Exactly. Are you an on-screen character? Uh, no, I am not. Wow. I feel like that's missing out. It was me. It was me all along. The madman. Uh I guess I would be an on-screen character because I would have to embody fake Sinclair. Right. You're, oh, wow. Ooh, you'd have to run heel. I think I could do that. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I would, uh, I think I've said this on the show before, but my opinion has not changed. They have Jeff Cobb under contract. I would have Jeff Cobb win the, the main title as quickly as possible. I would bring in every out-of-towner that had any sort of hype behind them whatsoever, and I would have them eat the Tour of the Islands and the 1-2-3 from Jeff Cobb for a solid 10 months, and I would make it known that, like, Jeff Cobb is the man in wrestling. This is the toughest guy. Brock Lesnar, Walter, these, Cobb will lift them up and drop them on their head. I would, I would build a star, and I think Cobb can, can, de can deliver on it. He needs a manager. He needs a manager. But I'm making Cobb my top guy, and I'm making it him versus Villain Industries always like around the corners. I can't face them one on one, but the three of them are sort of picking away, and those are the the feuds in between the out of towners. Villain Industries would back Sinclair in my situation. No doubt, two villains together forever. <laughs> and JMO, that will do it for the listener mailbag. Which well, means I just want to say, yeah, your situation, yeah, you're making so much money through Ring of Honor uh, off your booking. You could take a tour of the islands yourself, hey, bud. Come on, aboard a crime yacht, bud. <laughs> well, you know that's is the long term goal. Yeah, bringing it all full circle. Well, Jeff Cobb and I can just go jump on one. And he'll kick everybody's ass, and the boat's ours now. Also, when you're talking about Brock Lesnar and people needing managers, yeah, I got the idea when we were talking earlier. Go ahead about a Seth and Becky versus Brock and Sable match. Wow, <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Before we wrap up, folks, head on over to patreon.com slash top marks. Throw $5 in the hat. You get access to all of our bonus content. But more than that, you get access to the Patreon chat group. It is a Twitter DM that Matt Rainis just got blocked from, which is unfortunate. We hope he finds a new account to get back in because he was an integral part of what made that chat so good lately. We are running a pick'em challenge every single month. We've been talking about it week after week. Scooting grounds are... Our, our pay-per-view is coming up this Sunday. In Named the, after our champion, the great Scoots Brodo. Exactly. In the TMW uh, Federation. It's Top Marks Wrestling. The guys have been recording themselves on video, cutting promos on each other. We've got two big marquee matchups. Everybody else is competing for the right to challenge for one of these titles. It yeah. is... I can't even tell yeah. you... Like, our friend Brandon O'Connor, who's done our graphic design work in the past, he made the incredible uh, Whiskey Mania sign, sign for Whiskey Mania this year. He is doing all of the imaging for this federation, and he's doing it on his own accord just for fun. Dude, Brandon O'Connor. He invented the Pickums just for fun. Dude, we, the amount of value that he's added to that chat, like, he is incomparable. Like, you should be giving him $5 yeah, a month. Yeah, Brandon O'Connor is, is, I mean, Boofer OC. I couldn't say enough good things about this man. The, the, the design work that's going on, go see it for yourself. Patreon.com slash topmarks. And I'm telling you right now, I know Raw was good this week. There has been no company with better booking or better promos Definitely in the true. last month. Even with Mox in New Japan, not, not even no close. one has been better than Top Marks Wrestling in the Patreon group chat. Folks, you got to be a part of it. And if you do not feel like doing that, no problem. Just please give the show a share, a rate and review on iTunes. It always helps us in their algorithms, and we want to be popular and famous, and a wrestling podcast is not the way to do it. So give us a hand in uh, shortening <laughs> that distance. And uh, is that it, Madman? That's everything this week. Well, then let's take the go-home cue, and until next week, Pepperoni Sticks, say yeah! Do we have anything pop-culturally to argue about this week? I don't think so. I saw um, Dragged Across Concrete on Monday. That's a follow-up from the gentleman who made Bone Tomahawk. and Cell Block uh, 99. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And how was that? Really enjoyed it. But I, I think I dig the guy. I, I forget the director's name right now. I can't, uh, I can't remember either. Jo- Joseph something, maybe? I can't remember. I always mix up him and the guy who did King Kong or uh, Kong Skull Island, um, whose name I'm also forgetting, which proves my point, I suppose. Um, I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend. But I know we have some Nintendo Switch owners here. Look up Slay the Spire. I am obsessed with this game. Like a Hearthstone roguelike card battler. I love it. How about you, Madman? What's going on? I saw uh, The Dead Don't Die, which is the latest from Jim Jarmusch. With like everyone you've ever heard of it. Yeah, it's a it's it's a like theater of the absurd take on a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically about how we all know that things are weird in the world right now, but like there's no sense in uh, trying to uh, stop the end of the world because we're powerless to it. Right. And in some ways, we have embraced that things will be over, and we we want that honestly cool. on some level. Well. It's it, but like there is one moment in the film where uh, Riza makes a delivery for Woo PS. Okay. And he's asked to drop some knowledge uh, to tide us over until we see him again. And he says, "The world is perfect. Appreciate the details." And that one line stuck with me because I feel like as much as everything sucks, there's so much beauty and wonderful mm. uh, things around you as well that like we it's easy to get caught up in the uh, hysteria of how shitty everything is, especially with the way the news cycle works these days. But like look out the window, look at those yachts on the water. 
Look at look at the the life that we get to enjoy sitting at this table together. The world is perfect. Appreciate the details. I love that line. It reminds me of my grandfather, who who's he says the only way to be happy is to be able to appreciate the small moments. And I feel like spiritually, it's very much the same thing. Yeah, and as a movie, it's really weird. I think a lot of people will hate it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it very much calls attention to the fact that it's a movie constantly. Um, like it's talking about the script and the theme song and <laughs> things like that. Adam Driver is so good at it. And uh, Tom Waits is fucking... Uh, he's, he's so good in everything. Dude, he's one of the best living actors. Yeah, he really is. And uh, on a video game note, NBA 2K19, $4 in the PlayStation Store. I'm really bad at it, but I'm having a hell of a time playing it. Big orange ball. Goodbye. <laughs>